It's the, the lyrics of that song, Frankie Fell in Love, that just annoys me because I understand that Bruce has the whole, it's the small town guy. And the yeah. fact that they're like, wake up, boys, wake up. And it's, you woke me up to tell me that, that Frankie met a girl that he likes. So I've been working on a night shift and you just woke me up to tell me I don't even like Frankie. Frankie owes me money. Well, well, I, in fact, that's my ex-wife. What's Frankie doing with my ex-wife? I'm going to kill this guy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, your, his music, and mostly his fans. In a special Christmas Eve episode, world-famous comic book artist Adam Hughes is sitting down with civil rights former presidential candidate Jesse Jackson. No, that's not true. Before we hit record, Adam and I talked about we both have names of famous people and we sometimes on social media get confused so adam i already feel like we're brothers welcome to the podcast blood brothers absolutely yes yeah i i have the name of a comic book artist and the face of bill clinton (laughs) yeah and also the manners of bill clinton this will be a good episode i think yeah, I often tell people that I look different than I do on TV. And my <laughs> old joke is, you're used to seeing me on a black and white set. <laughs> yeah, so yes, this is Pulling Back the Curtain. We're recording this a little bit before, but I am putting this up episode up on Christmas Eve because when Adam reached out to me, he said two things. One, I adore Bruce Springsteen Christmas music. Two, feel that I'm a bigger Springsteen fan than you are, Jesse. And I said, you have to be on the podcast. So, Adam, welcome to Set Lessing, Bruce. I'm uh, so happy to be on this, Jesse, because I've been listening to you for almost coming up to a year straight. There's a guy with a mutual, probably your buddy, he's more of an acquaintance of mine, John Alba. I first seen him on your show, which got me listening. He has since come on mine, and we've done a... A Bruce episode, a Foo Fighters episode, an ACDC episode. And that's one of the things I love about the, the, the Bruce Springsteen fans is that it's so easy to connect with people. Like you could, I could randomly buy a ticket to Paris, France. And if they could at least pretend to understand my accent, you could get along with these people immediately. Yeah. When you walk into a restaurant before a Bruce show, and other people in Bruce Springsteen t-shirts, you know that if you said, hey, can I join you? They would move the table around. They would just chairs and say, sit, right? There, There is this inclusity that we're all blood brothers, blood sisters, blood siblings, right? It is just, there is something about, and one of the things that I love, Adam, that I feel like, there is a very small percentage of jerks out there that 
put the name Springsteen fan on him, but mm. it is such a small minority. It is yeah. so small. Yeah, I call those high hope fans. Okay. I like that. That album, I remember I, I bought it the, the day it came out and I really liked it on that car journey home. And yeah. then when I gave it a second listen, it was, I don't know if that Frankie fell in love is exactly the type of song that the guy that wrote I'm on fire he yeah. should be releasing. And But all in all, I also think that working on a dream is bad. But apart from that, I think it's been a glorious run. Yeah, my issue with High Hopes was so because I don't collect bootlegs, almost every song was new to me, mm. except the Morella version of Ghost of Tom Joad, right? I did not know any of the songs, so it was a, an album of new songs to me. And This Is Your Sword is one of my favorite songs. I like Frankie Falls in Love, but I understand your point. But there were a lot of fans that were like, ah, these we've had all these and bootlegs and there's no new songs on it. And I was like, really? They they were <laughs> released before? I didn't know. So it, it's the, the lyrics of that song, Frankie Fell in Love, that just annoys me because I understand that Bruce has the whole it's the small town guy. And the yeah. fact that they were like, wake up, boys, wake up. And it's, you woke me up to tell me that, that Frankie met a girl that he likes. So I've been working on a night shift and you just woke me up to tell me I don't even like Frankie. Frankie <laughs> owes me money. Well, well, I, in fact, that's my ex-wife. What's Frankie doing with my ex-wife? I'm going to kill this guy. I, I now want to hear that song. Yeah. I need Bruce to write that song. I need Bruce to write the, you know how back in the 60s they do counter songs? My girl, <laughs> my guy, Judy's turn to cry. It's my party. I'll cry if I want to. We need to have Frankie's buddy doesn't give a shit that he fell in love. Yeah. That's the song we need. Yeah, that, that's from my album, Boring in the USA. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, Adam, let's start out with, tell us a little about yourself. I'm a civil rights politician. Oh, no, wait, that's you. But basically, at the minute, what I'm up to is I have a podcast called It's Susie Hello that I'm sure everybody listens to. And it's basically a, a comedy interview show where I've been very lucky to make contacts through the American comedy world from like the hard stern era and a couple of people from a, a previous job. I did some work for a director called Kevin Smith, who I hate. And uh, I was able to get the chance to interview people. And I've, but I, every once in a while, I'll do like a, a spinoff or a diversion where I'll do a, a music debate episode. And we'll have a guest on and we'll talk about a subject and then debate our top five, which is where I had previously spoken to Jesse, of course. And I really love doing those because you, you could tell me, well, my number three is. I don't know, meet me meeting in the city, and you go, wait, what song? And next thing you know, I, I download that song. It's now in my rotation, and I just there's a whole new song I completely love, or I have a whole new take on. And also, it's better than everybody else's podcast ever created, ever. <laughs> what? So, Adam, what I love is first off, I am a huge Kevin Smith fan. He is on my list of secret not secret, just people that I would love to have on the podcast. I love that, how he got Bruce to let him do a couple of songs on Jersey Girl. I just, uh, 
huge Kevin Smith fan. So that's a great way to name drop that. That is you've impressed me very much. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about John Alba is just a great guy. He's been on the podcast multiple times. He's really seeing a lot of success in the sports world. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, Sorry to interrupt, but that's one of the crazy things about how I've bonded with John Alba is that he co-hosts these podcasts with some pro wrestler names. Yeah. And one of my jobs is I'm, I edit for this show called Keeping the 100 and I run their YouTube for them. So he and I both technically work in the wrestling world. We just never talk about wrestling ever. And I hope it stays that way because I rarely watch. Yeah. One of the funny things John made a joke of, and I, I was so funny is he was going to be on the podcast and he was all excited about going to talk Bruce, going to talk Bruce, going to talk Bruce. And the first question I asked him is, so do you think Vince McMahon's going to sell the WWE? And he's, holy crap, I've been looking, talking Bruce all day. I was so tired of talking <laughs> wrestling. You know, and now then the first question, I'm like, oops, sorry. Yeah, I don't think I've ever wanted to meet Vince McMahon more his ego right now must be on another level where he sold his company for a meager $6 billion. No, it was $11 billion, which six of the billion was his. He just sold a quarter of his stock for a mere $800 million bonus. And if he's ever fired, he gets a billion-dollar severance package. But at least we can grow better facial hair than him. So really, Vince should envy us. Yes, exactly. So let's, I always like to start at the beginning. So talk about, I'm sure you grew up in a very small U.S. town. No, talk about where you grew up and what kind of music did your family listen to? I grew up in lovely, summery, friendly Belfast, the city of joy and happiness. Everybody loves to come here and really have a good time. But uh, growing up, my mom is one of these people that uh, she liked every song and would permanently be dancing as soon as the front door was closed. I've grown up in a weird way from a kid. I've never liked current music. Like from, I, I there's a minimum of songs I've li- I actually liked past uh, 1999. And so all my taste is really the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. And, uh, and then of course you get to hear the fact that you too, happen to be Irish and you're from Ireland, that's mind-blowing because Irish. <laughs> why are Irish people on TV and it's not about the, the news or whatever? And, and, of course, I grew up, my, my favourite band is the lovely and talented Oasis. They blew my mind because they look just like us and they'd be dressed like us instead of the leather trousers and all this stuff. But... Uh, Coming into I didn't know about Bruce Springsteen, though, until way later in life. That's a perfect segue. So, Adam, talk about, can you remember when you discovered him and what about his music spoke to you? I can vividly remember. <clears throat> I was at a, a friend's house after a night out, and he had, and at the time I knew the really obscure songs such as Dancing in the Dark, Born the SA and Streets of Philadelphia. They're really, yeah. So the I, I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't even think any listeners have heard those. No, cut, not yeah. at all. 
<laughs> and so we go back to his house and we're all drinking and his, on his Xbox, he had literally every single Bruce Springsteen song ever released, every B-side, every album track, uh, and all these really high-quality bootlegs. And he's put, he's playing all these songs around them. And I'm like, who's this song? Who's this song? And, he go, and he's like, oh, that's Bruce Springsteen. And I'm like, oh, but who's this one? And he goes, they're all Bruce Springsteen. And I said, yeah, but this song here, this has got to be somebody else. Goes, it's fucking Bruce Springsteen. Every single song is Bruce Springsteen. Okay. And so I almost got my head kicked in at the same time that my mind was expanded. And then the week after, this is the time of it all, Radio Nowhere was released as the new single from Magic, which came out about three weeks later, which I got, and I'm like, this album is incredible. Then the Magic Tour was announced, and they were playing Belfast on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And so within this two-month period, I'd gone from never knowing anything about Bruce Springsteen to just hearing everything all at once. And it was like, yeah, I'm obsessed with this guy. I'd never heard... The Born to Run album at all until uh, 2007. Yeah, I that's fun. So when you're getting this cram course in Bruce with your love of Oasis and your pride in you too, what about him spoke to you? Why did it speak to you? One of the things is that he was a... Uh, a singer that didn't have a great, not the greatest voice. Right. And he was a guitar player without being a, a Richie Sambora a yeah. type guy. He's yet at the same time, he's, he sounds so unique. And then the fact that his songs were about losers, like it wasn't songs about she's got legs, knows how to move. You know, yeah. It's about a guy who sees a girl somewhere and he's got like an immediate crush, but he doesn't have the guts to do anything about it and then just tends to move on in life. And you go, oh, that that's me. Yeah. <clears throat> and then just the fact that uh, you see the I'm on fire video, he's a gorgeous man. Yes, he is. One of the things that I, um, I remember John Stewart when they were talking, when Bruce was getting the, Kennedy Center Awards here in the U.S. He talked about that if you are a you if you're in a spring if you're a character in a Springsteen song it means you're still from a very dark place but you're a character in an epic tale right and so that's it I love it um, and also the, the yeah. fact that. His albums really seem to fit the seasons where if you have if it's the summer for the three days that the sun shines in Ireland, <laughs> you, you, you get to hear Born in the USA album or, or maybe even stuff like The Rising. But then over here, I used to it's, believe it or not, it's uh, always cold here. But going for a nice walk when you're listening to like Darkness on the Edge of Town or Tunnel of Love or Born to Run, and you think. This guy, there's just there's an atmosphere that comes from his songs, and it's not like the really extravagant, like Queen. They're just like yeah. sort of basic songs that, at the same time, are 
an unbelievably like catchy and unforgettable. Like, like what what's uh, uh, something in the night when the bit that goes, there's nothing in the sky for you. That bit, I don't care where you are. Everybody has to stop and 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 attempt to sing along with that. Yeah, absolutely. It is, um, it is mandatory, right? That you get together <laughs> and you start singing and sharing that. So, Adam, I always preface the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. But have you seen him live? And if so, do you count how many times? I have seen him five times, and if you ask me this by the end of next May, I will have seen him nine times. Nice. Yeah, I first seen him, of course, on my birthday at the Odyssey Arena, which he sold out in six seconds. What a loser. Yeah, exactly. Wow. If he was any good, it would have been four. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not Blink-182. That's right, yeah. I, but that that tour was because I I think that the Magic album is a masterpiece and, and it's sadly completely ignored. There's there's so many great songs on that which I'd love to hear again. <clears throat> but a uh, then of course I seen him this summer. I, he did three nights at the RDS Stadium and I went to all three. And the first night was great, but at the same time. I couldn't help but notice, wow, Bruce Springsteen is aged and seemed to be walking with like a hunch. He he didn't seem like his voice seemed different. And if yes, but he has aged. Then the second night uh, of that show, it's the greatest Bruce Springsteen show I've ever been to. He sounded like 20 years younger. His voice was flawless. He was running around the stage. He mixed up the set list. And I was just like... There's no getting away from him. Like, I have to go to every single show I can. And I am next year. I'm going to see him four times. Let's get into the set list controversy. What are your opinions of him not changing the set list much in 2023? That didn't bother me as much because it's not like it, it was a bad set list. Yeah, good point. But what really got to me, which I actually thought was this close to being like, a, I'm done with Bruce Springsteen. The, the, the first time night we went to see him, he was doing that speech about the guy when he was performing Last Man Standing. Yeah. And he, and he did this speech and I'm, I think I'm going to cry, guys. Yeah. This is this. <laughs> but then the next night he gave the exact same speech. Exactly. And then on the third night, he was like, am I watching a a performance or a play. Yeah. And then I also felt bad for the people who'd signed up to the, what's it called? Nugs. Yes. Yeah. So you may just prepaid for 300 versions of the same album. Now I agree. I have been active on the podcast. And since you say you listen, you've heard, I think anyone who has a complaint are the people that prepaid for all the shows. If I was them, I'd be going, okay, I want a refund. Like I was betting that there'd be at least a third to half of the songs different every night. It's instead it's 90% the same. I don't need 400 versions of the same set list. Now we had a, I had a friend on, 
recently, and I, I wish I could remember his name. I'll think of it in a minute. But he said the set list is like the final score on a sporting match. It doesn't mm. really give you the details. That just watching the show, as you said, night two nights right back to back, or there was a day between maybe, and it was a totally different experience for you, even though a lot of the songs were the same, right? Yeah, like on, on the second night he played death to my hometown and not not to get political but that song is huge over here because of a lot of the stuff that the politicians have done yeah i don't know if it was coincidental that he played that and um, but people went ape shit bananas and for me i at least finally got to hear candy's room and glory days not only played live but i got to hear them three nights in a row so i was just I was like oh my god <laughs> like, yeah like, my two Candy's Room is one of my favorite songs of his that I'd never heard him play live. And then to get to hear three times in a week, it was Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about it. You, I agree with you. Magic is something pretty special. And I do wish some of those songs, I've only heard Girls in Their Summer's Clothes once. Mm -hmm. I adore that song. I'll Work for Your Love is another favorite of mine. There, there's all kinds of, and I, I really at times feel, Adam, that people can, there is a, longtime fans have a mysticism or almost a, a, a dream, like I'm using the wrong words, but this almost that the darkness tour was this legendary, the band will never be better than that feeling. And I didn't see a tour back then. My first show wasn't till 2002, but I think that's unfair to the later tours and the magic tour wrecking ball, just the rising tour. It is there. The river tour, seeing the river live. Mm. I just think it's a little unfair, and sometimes there's this nostalgia that, oh, the band in 78 was their, the best. And I'm like, how can someone who's still making music in 2023 try to say that 78's your best film ever, or your best yeah. shows? Yeah, I think that's really the kind of obnoxiousness that ruins the artist, really, where, where the fans are the ones having the negative effect. It shocks a lot of people when I say that I think my favorite Bruce Springsteen album is actually Western Stars because when it, I thought, what was the previous one? Wrecking Ball it was like, yeah, it was good. It wasn't perfect, yeah. but I'm a collector. So was, yeah, I'll get Western Stars. And then you hear it and you're like, he is a genius. Who would have ever thought while oh, doing acoustic country pop album? Oh yeah. With the full scale orchestra. And it's like, this is a masterpiece. But I've always thought that one of the problems with Bruce is that I think that as he's gotten older, he seems to, like, with the tour this year, the really, there was only three songs from Letter to You played on it. Yeah. Which I, I thought was a shame, because there's so many great songs on there that I'd right. love to hear. Yeah, I, I agree that I think the set list does a good job of covering his you know catalog but i was really sad we didn't get anything from western stars 
I would have loved four or five songs from Letter to You, two mm. or three from Western Stars. I am so happy we got the Western Stars film. So we did get to see them with the orchestra. But I, Bruce, not that he's asking for my advice, put together that band and do small shows on tour, right? That would be, I talk about a ticket that would be a hot ticket. I think people would love to see them. We went to see Bruce Springsteen. He played here on the Rackham Ball tour. Yeah. And he, he did this thing that, that blew my mind where he did his opening act this is acoustically. Yeah. And I understand he's going through a health problem, but if I could, and I really yeah. should get my own way because I'm such a nice boy, if he did a, a Western Stars acoustic opening set oh. and then the band came out of like, oh. okay, Bruce, I think you're going to make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about Western Stars being your favorite album, or at least one of them. And you shared a little bit that Working on the Dreams is not necessarily your favorite. Mine is Ghost of Tom Jones. I I don't care for Ghost. I I know. Look at the shock in your face. But oh, uh, your least not, favorite? Yeah. One. Yeah. It's. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Ghost. It just. I understand that there's a lot of great songs on there. It just isn't one that I enjoy as much. Yeah. No. It's definitely gonna. That's one of those albums. This is going to sound like a stupid thing to say, but it sounds better out of context. Yeah. But if you put on the, the vinyl or the CD, it's just boring. Yeah. But if you sing, sprinkle them in, mm. yeah, you think it works better? All right. All right. So you said you love Springsteen Christmas music. So let's talk about that a little bit. So I... My favorite is the live version of him doing Blue Christmas at yes. that carousel. I just, my son loves Elvis. I grew up watching Elvis movies. That is a song that is a standard. And I wish that out, I wish that would be in holiday music rotation. But not that I don't love Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I do. I've been able to see it live a couple of times, and it's always fun. So talk to me about your thoughts on Bruce's music. Yeah, I remember it was at the first show I'd ever seen him, because I'm literally born for Christmas. My birthday is December 18th. Okay. So I was born ready, baby. I was born yes, in the were. snow. I'm, I'm like Ben, only instead of darkness, I was born in pink lights. Yes. On the show we went to see him, it was December the 16th or 17th, and he played Santa Claus has come to town and Merry Christmas, baby. Then he went into, of course, Darkness on the Edge of Town and Dancing in the Dark, Born the SA, uh, Born to Run. And I was just like, okay, this is the greatest. I'd never heard someone of this stature playing a Christmas song live. And I love yeah. Christmas and and because like, he seems to be really into it. And the thing is, I remember there was a rumor going around that he was actually releasing a holiday album. Mm -hmm. And then the cover of Letter to You leaked out, and it's Bruce Springsteen covered in snow. And I was yeah. just like, you're it's kidding. It. It's going to happen. It's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, And the letters to Santa. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's sadly not. But if they did, because Paul McCartney keeps talking about 
having a Christmas album in St. Paul. Are you busy? Like you haven't yeah. had a lot of time to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I He's talked about that, that Bruce is, when you feel like doing it, it is, it's almost too late. So <laughs> I argue right now while you're, right now while you're healing, do some Christmas songs ready for December 2024. Yeah. There you go, right? That's yeah. it. Because that's the thing that uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters does the thing every year, not every year, but where he he calls the uh, he calls it the Hanukkah sessions. Yeah, and they record. Is it was it eight nights in Hanukkah? Yeah, I so think so. Every year they'll do eight new Hanukkah songs, and and I would just love it if Bruce did that. Even if he just recorded it in his home studio, put it straight on YouTube. Yeah. And and it's okay, now we've got it. We don't have to download it, pay for it. It's just a nice gift for us lovely comic book writers and social activists. Yes, it would be nice. Absolutely. And also, Uh, his songs are like, his Christmas songs are like party songs because there's too many big band jazzy ballads of Santa Claus. No, uh, Bruce will get the guitar on, get a, a, what do you call him, a flagon of mulled wine. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a, let's have a good time. Yeah. Are there, what are some of your favorites that you love that he does? And do you have a thought of some songs you'd love for him to cover? I would love for him to cover. I, I don't know if, if this song's big in America, but the song by a band called Pogues called uh, Fairy Tale of New York. Now, lyrically, it would need to be altered because they use Irish slang in it for certain words, yeah. which uh, out of Ireland are, just, are basically bigoted words, but unfortunately nobody knew the song was going to blow up the way it did. I, but with the, the E Street Band, I think with him and Patty, because it's a male-female duet, yeah. I think with him and Patty singing that song, especially because we all know that they've had a couple of ups and downs in their relationship, I think there would be a lot of, what's the word, r- realness to it, emotion to it. I, I think if, and plus, because uh, I love Ireland so much, we could claim Bruce as our own. Yeah, I had not heard that song till four or five years ago. And since then, I have adored it. It is such a great song. Very sad that the female lead is passed on, which gives it even more kind of sorrow, that kind of this pathos. Absolutely. I, I think they would do great. Uh, Did my you uh, ever, ever hear how she passed away? No, please, I think so. But please tell, remind she, me and their audience. This, this is not a joke. Uh, this is yeah. uh, legitimate. She was out playing with her sons in a... Uh, in the ocean, they were swimming. Somebody drove by on a boat, on a speedboat, and decapitated her. Oh, no. Yeah, and a kid's seen it. It's ridiculous. Oh. And Shane McGowan is currently in hospital. He's got some type of brain virus. So we, we may not have Shane by the end of 2023. Mm. But Bruce and Shane are friends. Bruce went to visit Shane last May. The chances of it happening, I would say, are pretty low. But 
they're not zero. That's no, that's that's tragic. And the video is amazing that they show. My favorite Christmas song is one from the 60s, maybe in the 50s. But speaking of people with famous names that aren't, there is a munition named Charles Brown, not Charlie Brown, Charles Brown. And the song is Please Come Home for Christmas. Yeah. And the reason why is when I was in high school, growing up in Louisiana, that they would not play it till the Friday after Thanksgiving. And when you heard that on the radio, you knew it was Christmas time, <laughs> right? And back then, you didn't have social, you didn't have any streaming services. The only way you could hear the song anytime you want is if you went and bought the forty-five, or or heard it on the radio. To this day, when I hear this song, and it starts with bells, ding, 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 bells will be ringing. So I would love Bruce to do a version of that. Yeah, yeah. the thing that song is so good, and it's been covered five billion times. It has, and all five billion are really good. John Bon Jovi, yes. an unbelievable. James Brown, maybe yeah. has the greatest version. Yeah, Aaron Neville did a great version. The great Aaron Neville from the Neville. He did a wonderful version. So, yeah, that's my favorite. What are some other ones of Bruce that you love? Of course, there's the live version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But I think the fact that he's playing it live is what makes it so good because you get to hear him interacting with the crowd. And, of course, yeah, when he panders to the New Jersey audience, he goes, flying over Jersey, flying over yeah. New York, coming on to Jersey, turn back. And it's okay, Bruce, we get it. You get it. You get in the hometown pop, we get it. But it's the, 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 and that's what I think makes the blue Christmas covers so good. And the back, and the baby, or what's the other one? Merry Christmas, Christmas baby. baby. Yeah. The fact that he's playing it live it adds to the fun atmosphere of it all. And that's why, if he did a Christmas album, <laughs> which I think isn't likely, but I would love that. Yeah. I think so too. And, yeah, that is such iconic when, oh, that's not many. That's not many. How about you, Clarence? You going to get a new saxophone for Christmas? <laughs> it's just, it's iconic. And it is one of those other things that um, where you're, you are wanting to it get you in that mood. It totally gets you in that mood. Interestingly, yeah. especially when it comes to the A Street Band, and you were telling me, Jesse, that your all-time favorite film is Home Alone Two: Lost mm-hmm. in New York. Mine too. Yes. Uh, there's a, there was a song written and performed for that song called "All All Alone on Christmas" by yes. Darling Love and the A Street Band. Yes, and thank the, you, Little Steven. Absolutely yeah. amazing. And the rumor that I remember was that. They had wanted to do that with Bruce, and he was like, "Oh!" But I think they knew this song is amazing. Oh, uh, absolutely! Fact, so, so that that's the one I want Bruce to perform all alone on Christmas. Yes, that would be awesome to have him, uh, in the Eastry Band do it, and with Little Steven there. Oh, that's a great. 
So let's shift gears for a minute. Talk about the podcast. Tell me a little bit more. You have been kind enough to have me join you. We had so much fun talking Bruce and everything. So tell us, tell my audience a little bit more about your podcast. Yeah, basically, I've been very lucky. I, I call it the, the positive racism towards Irish people and that when Americans hear about an Irish guy who wants to interview them, they go, oh, yeah, that'll be fun before yeah. they realize the real dark side uh, that I have. But I, I've been very lucky that I've got to interact with and speak to these American comedians. I've met some filmmakers. Speaking of Christmas, for last year, the year before, I interviewed a man called uh, Jeremiah Chichik, who's a director who directed Christmas Vacation. Told, oh, I want to hear Bruce cover the theme song from Christmas Vacation. Oh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, okay. I like that. We're keeping, uh, we should keep a list of this. <laughs> Which little trivia fact was written by Prince. And he never did the copyright properly, which is why he can't uh, buy the song. Uh, I've, got, I've been able to meet a lot of people from the comedy world. I'm an old school pro wrestling fan. So I've been able to interview a lot of uh, people from that uh, world. Uh, a few controversial political figures, which haven't aged well, as you got to admit. But all in all, I've I love it. It's a comedy podcast and it's quite lighthearted, goofy stuff. What why did you decide to do this? Was it what was your origin story? When I worked for Kevin Smith. How did that happen? Frankly, same reason he had a podcast that was and he's a long winded guy. So his yes. episodes would be like three and a half hours, four hours long. But So I couldn't expect you to be like, hey, Jesse, go download that whole thing to hear this 20-second bit where he speaks about how he got the Bruce Springsteen songs for Jersey Girl. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would put it on YouTube so I could just send you the link that way. And it got to the point where I was doing this a lot and the views were pretty high mm-hmm. to where they, they contacted me and they'd said this and, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you copyright strikes, but we're willing to work with you if you post links to the actual show that can be downloaded or the websites, all this stuff. I was like, You've got it, boss. But then yeah. they decided to go without me and without actually giving me a warning that they were going without me. Oh no. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, but he, he sucks too. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But but uh, yeah, but uh, uh, through that, uh, I didn't even, didn't actually even answer your question. Yes, but uh, through that, I would interact with people a lot because I'm a big film buff slash nerd, and uh, I love talking about all this stuff. And uh, and you would interact with fans on social media, and they would tell me for years, you really should start a podcast, and because he can maybe help you plug it, help you promote it. So of course, I waited till after he drop me from the from the show to start my own podcast but it's all worked out in the end i hope yeah absolutely is there anyone you haven't got to visit with that you're still pursuing you're hoping to talk to there's a comedian called artie lang <clears throat> oh yeah i'm aware of him he's a hilarious person but uh, he's also a troubled person and i don't know what sounds pretentious and stalkery but I know that I'd be able to get along with him because he's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. 
Yeah. He's a huge ACDC fan. And it's just, if I could talk to Artie, if I could just get an hour of his time, I know it would be a great conversation, a great episode. So he's the, the, my white wheel. Okay. All right. That sounds great. So talk to me. Um, are there songs you're still chasing that you want to hear live next year when you're going to four shows? Are there any shows that are in your bingo card that you're still hoping to hear Bruce do live? I have two songs left on my favorites list that I've never heard played live. I've never heard I'm on fire. Okay. Which I, that, that song, I have to actually not play it because if I play it once and it's short, then I'll play it nine, ten times in a row. And then, it's, then, it's, then you start dancing to it. You're doing my silly shuffle. But I'd also love to hear Stolen Car played live. Ooh, yeah. Because when the River Tour came here, Bruce dropped the River Tour of the, the yes. planet. And I was like, no, no. So we missed our opportunity to hear that. <clears throat> but those are the two that I, if I could just hear them once, that's me happy. Yeah. Is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't, Adam? Yes. I get my hair this way. I, I let it grow long at the front, and I use some product in it sometimes. And I don't always shampoo, but I always use conditioner. There you okay. go. All right. There you go. Good to know. All right. This was fun. We should do this again. I just, we should find an excuse to talk. This is, I think you and I could just talk another hour or two, just about everything. I'll do this anytime. I love the show and we could do a whole episode about how great Frankie fell in love is. We could perform it. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Yeah. I love that. All right. The coming up, I've got an episode then January where one of my uh podcast brothers i'm part of the pantheon podcast network he does my weekly mixtape and the premise is you do a 20 song mixtape like an old cassette 10 on one side 10 on the other and you take turns so i start off and we did a bruce one i did one he did one i did one then we flipped over he did one then i and so you had to pick 10 Springsteen songs each, but make sure that they all fit on a flow. That was a lot of fun. That's coming up in January. And that was really hard. And there are songs that you go, I can't believe this didn't make the mixtape. Yes. Are you aware of the actor Adam Scott? He yes. was in the, the, do you listen to his podcast? No, I don't. Bruce, he has a Bruce Springsteen podcast called, and this is not a joke title, it's called are you springing Springsteen on my bean? And no, I need to check this out. Yeah, and what they do is they'll go through every Bruce Springsteen album and track by track, review it, give trivia on it. And word is Bruce is coming on as a guest next episode because what what they'll they do the, this thing in seasons where they started off with the U two season and. Uh, it, uh, the, uh, the talking heads and now they're doing Bruce Springsteen and they always get the artists on at some point so it'd be good to hear Bruce a, a healthier Bruce Springsteen 
I had never heard of this. And I just went to my podcast player and oh my goodness, I I now want Adam Scott to be on my podcast and I want him to be a guest on mine. I will have to reach out to them. This is amazing. Of course, since he has 3,108 ratings, I think he may not need to appear on my little podcast. This is great. Boy, I now have what I'm going to listen to for the holiday season. This is great, Adam. Thank you, boy. I can't wait to dive into that. All no right. Problem. Before we go, I got to ask you the Mary question. So if you are a fan of Adam's podcast and you're checking this out, thank you for listening. He made you guys very proud. Jay Armstrong was an honors English teacher. He's now retired. But when he was teaching, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road. And they would read them. They treat it as a poem. They talk about the imagery Bruce uses. They'd use the themes he uses. And then he would ask his class at the end, does Mary get in the car? Adam, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I, she doesn't. Okay. Because the thing about Bruce's songs are always about somebody wanting something and then not getting it because it's not like the perfect world. Look at uh, Atlantic City. I don't think he actually met the girl in Atlantic City because he probably get uh, done during that crime. But Bruce Springsteen yeah. is a thug. Uh, and that's what all these, like Dance in the Dark's about a guy. He's going out, but he's lonely. Probably still goes home lonely. Uh, so no, but so I think that he was one of these guys who yearned for Mary, and nothing ever happened. I love that answer. All right, if someone wants to reach you, Adam, and buy your comic book, how can they? <laughs> yes, find me at marvel.com. Yeah, yeah. I'm on social media. I'm at the Hughes on Twitter and Instagram. H U G H E Z Y because I'm a rapper. Yeah. Uh, my YouTube channel is, and I wish I could change it, but I've called it this for too long now. Hughie Entertainment, where you will get to see all the, the videos in the previous episodes and highlights from people I've interviewed from all the world, and including our mutual friend John Alba and his friend Jesse Jackson. That son of a, that guy was so drunk when I interviewed him. Oh, it was sad. It was embarrassing. Yeah. So. <laughs> he was singing Frankie fell in love and all this yes, stuff. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> wake up. I don't want to wake up. <laughs> I'm sleeping. I was up all last night working. Why the hell you don't get a job? All right. Adam, <laughs> I now I'm never going to listen to Frankie fell in love the same way. You're I welcome. Love that. Yes. Thank you for this, Adam. This was a blast. Thank you for staying up late for me. I know this is late for you in the afternoon, so in evening, so thank you. Oh, no, I'd be awake to two in the morning anyway. I am miserable. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listeners, go check out the podcast. Go check out the YouTube channel. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. And as we said, this is coming out on Christmas Eve. Thank you so much for a wonderful year. I hope that every, you get everything in your stocking you want. And if you do not celebrate Christmas Eve, this is just another Sunday. I hope your football team wins, whether it's American football or European football. For yeah. now, thank you. Be kind, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.
there we go another episode I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback um, so if you want to skip this I understand but I do hope you check it out every once in a while I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW the show is available at setlustingbruce you can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.